Right, I am thrilled with the words that we just had because I feel they really uh, connect really well with what I'm going to speak um, about today. Um, I just have a question for you to start. He, who wants to fully live the life that God intended them to live? Who wants that? <laughs> Did you notice how it's written? Fully live the life that God intended them to live. Yes? I'm looking this morning at Galatians 3, okay? And how in the New Testament covenant, okay, everything is by faith. We receive salvation by faith, but we receive our inheritance by faith too, okay? Not by obeying some kind of law and regulation and following do's and don'ts or moral codes, but by faith, okay? So now, it's quite interesting because we could say that, but let's apply a little bit more. Like I was thinking we are at the beginning of a new year, right? Mm -hmm. And it's so easy at the new year to slip into new goals, yeah. new goals, new motivation kind of mode. Okay. Um, I've got to pray more. Uh, I've got to go to the gym at least once a week. Uh, motivation speech, right? And I've got to write that, that list and this needs to happen. This. Uh, I need to really improve myself on this. Do, do you, do you, am I right or am I wrong, right? Okay, listen, I think re-evaluating re your life is good. It's healthy to look at your life and to try to do some adjustment. That's healthy, okay? I'm not saying it's wrong. But what I think is God is not something you throw in the mix. God needs to be at the foundation of it. Amen. So by all means, have God put God at the foundations Amen. of all your goals. Amen. Find him in every places, mm. in every moment. Find out his perfect will for you. Amen. So even if your goal is physical, I need to be healthier. And Put him at the foundation of that. Amen. He said, God, Holy Spirit, help me mm. to take good decision. Mm. Give me wisdom. Mm. What does work for me? Help me. Mm. You, you see what I'm saying? There is something there that we can really tap it. The power of the Holy Spirit, like uh, Rob was saying. Mm. The power of the Holy Spirit is really important. Yeah. So with this in mind, I'm coming to this chapter. And in my opinion... It's one of the most extraordinary chapters in the New Testament because, um, I don't know you, but, <coughs> well, I've read the New Testament quite a few times, but there's not many places in the New Testament where um, a, a leader or an apostle like Paul tell off the people. I mean, there's not many. I remember James very clearly, clearly when James is a little bit in your face, he says, oh, well, if you've got faith, but you're not doing any actions, that's rubbish. And he says, uh, be careful with your tongues. You know, it's quite, it's quite like to the point. Mm. But actually, really like a rebuke, like saying the people off strongly, it's Galatians 3. Galatians 3 is a weird chapter. And, you know, it starts by really this strong. So I, I put it up. It might just, maybe somebody might need to change my slide because it looks like the clicker is not effective. Okay, so I put the verse for you. But it starts like this. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? I mean, that's... What? Paul is like, I just cannot believe it. How 
is it possible? You must have been bewitched. Somebody has cast a spell on you. That's basically what he's saying. So what is the subject of Paul's astonishment and such a strong rebuke to the Galatians? Well, I'm going to try to paraphrase this, uh, this uh, little uh, bit there. It's, he's saying, look, you have received freedom from the law. You know, before, before Jesus, to get right with God, you followed the laws. And if you followed the laws well, you were blessed. And if you didn't, you got cursed. But Jesus came and by grace made you righteous. Okay? You had received freedom from the law. Okay? You had tested the goodness of God. His grace saved you. You have received the spirit in you. And now, after starting so well, you decided to take matters in your own hands and finish the job in your own flesh. Uh, trying to work out by yourself how to be good and have good lives, how to follow good morals, how to follow the rules and how to please God in your own flesh. Basically, you put yourself back onto the curse of the law. Think about that. It is like Jesus has died on the cross in vain for nothing. Because Jesus dying on the cross was for you to have a relationship with you, that your heart would be connected to his heart, that the Holy Spirit would be in your heart, writing the law in your heart. Can you see that? Instead, you tried to strive in your own effort. So you started well, knowing that you were saved, and then you striving. Oh, foolish Galatians, what has bewitched you? Okay. You see, I don't think that the Galatians, Galatians were completely stupid. Okay? It's not that one day they turned up to church and somebody stayed up, stand up and said, from now on, Galatians, only if you adapt, adopt Jesus' haircut, you shall be saved. <laughs> that would be pretty stupid, right? <laughs> you would say, oh, what, what? I'm out of here. But no, it's, somehow they got seduced by the wrong teaching who sounded good. Okay? And most of the time they sound good because they're a little bit like our old habits and traditions. You see? So they got seduced and tradition came back. And it was a little bit, I mean, you know, I mean, there was a bit of a conflict between the Gentiles and the Jews in the church. And, you know, so the Jews were like, oh, in my Jewish tradition, right, um, circumcision of a baby is such a blast. I mean, we're having a party, the whole family is there. It's such a blast. I think we should carry on doing that, right? And, um, and then he went a bit further and said, oh, well, actually, you guys, the gentlemen, you should do that as well. Because, oh, but I remember, and then false teaching, oh, I remember, but Moses said how important for being saved the circumcision was. Let's get all circumcised. That's how we're going to get saved. You see what I'm saying? It's like there was a process where... Things got in and suddenly we have to do certain things to be saved and they forget the true nature of the gospel. So, I believe that we're going to change slide, Jamie. I believe that most churches 
are a little <coughs> bit like the Galatians and what they're experiencing is the boiling frog syndrome. I don't know if you heard this urban myth, but it's a good analogy. We're gonna, I'm going to explain to you. If you put, put a frog in a boiling pan, what does the frog do? Just straight away. Because, ha, ah, danger. It's too hot. However, put a frog in a very pleasant spa water, right? And increase the heat very slowly. And it is to believe that gradual heat then, the frog will stay in the water until it boils to death. That's the, that's the boiling frog syndrome. It is about our inability to react to significant changes when they occur very gradually. Or it's our inability to react to events that are familiar. Oh yeah, yeah, we used to do that. Oh, it used to be like that. Ah, maybe we should do that again. Hmm. Yeah. So I think the changing of the message of the gospel often is like this slow cooking pot uh, changes, it changes over time until you end up in environments where you're thinking, hold on, is that really the gospel? It sounds good, but is that really the gospel? Uh, do I need to be blessed? So you're going to see it's subtle. Do I need to be blessed to give my tithe? But actually, you're not under the law. You give your tithe because it's an act of worship. So it's, it's good to give your tithe or to give to God, but it's it, you're not under the law. You give it because you love God Amen. and you worship Him through everything you got. But if it starts to be a law and you think you're going to be blessed because you give it, yes. there's an issue there. Amen. Um, do I, will I only be blessed and protected if I spend every Friday night worshiping and praying the whole night? That's not the gospel. You're always blessed and protected. But obviously, if you feel God is calling you to do that, great. Can you see? But it's not a rule. Uh, is the church going to be blessed because, only because it's got A, B, C, program A, program B, program B? Not, not really. Uh, the purpose of the church is to make disciples and to advance the kingdom. That's the main core. So after that, there's a lot of freedom on how you're doing that. Okay, so you see, changes can come gradually in the church and we could depart from the gospel. So now for the Galatians, right? The pot is boiling. The pot is boiling, it's dangerous. They're all sitting in very hot water and this is not uh, gospel water. And Paul asked them these two rhetorical questions. Next slide, okay? He asked them, and it's so shocking. First one, he says, how did you receive the spirit of God? Okay. And second question, how does he give you his spirit and work miracle among you? In other words, he's saying, how did you get born again by the spirit? And how does God manifest his miracle and presence among, uh, among you? Is it... So that's the rhetorical question. Is it by following the rule and regulations or is it because you believed what you've heard? 
because you're behaving well? Or is it because you're believing in your heart that he is Christ crucified and he reconciled you with God the Father? That's the question he's asking. And those are rhetorical questions because straight away he gives the answer. And he says, you received by believing. You received by faith only. So salvation, you can't make salvation happen. Something happened in your heart. The Holy Spirit comes, does a work, ignites something, and you say, I believe. Okay, there's a deposit, Habba, who, who says, Habba, Father. This is the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit will produce faith. And you say, I believe, and you receive the miracle of salvation by faith. Okay? So, Paul continues to demonstrate the chapter by looking at the journey of Abraham and how we as righteous are called to live by faith, Amen. not by striving in our own effort, not by trying to modify our behavior and really work hard at it. We are called to live by faith, connected to God. Okay, you can change life. And then, you know, in the past week, in the past few months, we have looked at the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament covenant. Okay? So it's our faith in Jesus that saves us, right? I think most Christian evangelical church, uh, church in the country would believe that, right? I think most people would say, yes, we are saved by faith. But what about... There is more than that. What about our transformation by faith? You see, I think it's our faith in Jesus Christ and our relationship with him that transforms us Amen. as well. And that's where sometimes in the church we go wrong a little bit. We start well like the Galatians. We start super well. Yes, 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 I'm saved by faith. And now we go back to work because we realize we're not really like Jesus yet. And we need to be transformed from glory to glory. And what we're doing is we're going back to the Lord, doing it in our own effort. So oh, from now on, oh, I better not listen to that music anymore. And oh, that film, oh, yeah, 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 that's a little bit weird. Uh, oh, that, and then I need to be healthy and, and, you know, okay. But actually, how about... The power of the Holy Spirit that gives you the passion for the Hallelujah. King. What about the passion, the, 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 the Spirit who will guide you in all truth? About, about the Spirit who will give you wisdom. And, you know, it's all of that. It's a work of faith. We believe that not only Jesus came to save us, but we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit right now in us. Amen. To connect us and to transform us. Amen. Okay. So this is why in verse 9 of this chapter it says, those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham. Mm -hmm. So Paul takes the example of Abraham there and he carries on the whole chapter. It's, it's a little bit complicated, but I'm going to try to give you the, the headline. So Abraham, okay, if you take Abraham, he has these amazing promises. You know the promises of Abraham. It says that you and your seed will bless all the nations. That's the promise that was given to Abraham. Now, first of all, there's two points to make about that. First point is, and that's in verse 
18 of that chapter, he says that his inheritance did not depend on him following the law, but his inheritance came from a promise. Can you see already? Abraham is like, wow, he was avant-garde in that sense. He was before his time. Actually, his, his inheritance did not um, was not depending on him following the law, but on his promise. Okay? So, it goes promise, faith, I believe, inheritance. That's how it works. Okay? Now, the second point to make about this as well is it says Abraham and his seed will bless all the nations. Who is the seed of Abraham? Jesus. Jesus Christ is the seed. So Christ is physically the descendant of Abraham, right? So Abraham inherited the promise, but it's through his seed. And his seed is Jesus Christ. Jesus, the seed, okay, make this promise happening. And through Jesus Christ, the seed, every nation will be blessed. Can you Amen. see how it works? Amen. So we are somewhere down the line. We are both uh, the, 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 we, you know, the children that have actually been blessed Amen. through the seed. And now in Christ, we are going to be heirs of the promises as well. Okay? So let's look a little bit about that. So Paul comes to the conclusion in this chapter that faith in Jesus Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit in our heart. That, was, that is exactly what qualifies us to inherit all the promises of God as children of God. Amen. Shall I repeat that? Amen. Faith in Jesus Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, that's what qualifies us Amen. to inherit the promises of God as children of God. Okay, so faith in Christ, the seed, God gives us inheritance and blessing. Yeah? Amen. Okay, now I need to make a little point here. We need to be careful when we talk about faith, you know? Have you heard sometimes people say, oh, well, you're just going to have to have faith. You need to have faith. <laughs> or have you heard people say, I've got faith for this. I don't have faith for that. Yes? I think it's a distorted view of faith because faith has got nothing to do with you. It was given to you by a gift. It's a gift from God. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. Amen. So if you believe, if you say, I've got faith for this, it's the equivalent of working something in your heart. You are trying to work out a conviction. You go, Gary. Okay, you are on the step of Philadelphia. Right? Um, you, that's what you're doing. You say, oh, I've got faith for it. And then what happens is the first thing that goes wrong in your life, you knock down those steps, right? And you go, oh, no, I've got no faith. And you panic. You need to remember faith is in Christ. Beautiful. He is the author and the perfecter of Beautiful. your faith. That's why uh, there is this uh, story, I think it's the Sandro you're in, uh, in the New Testament, um, you know, um, I believe, help my unbelief. You remember that verse? 
So, and that's why it says, just a mustard seed is all right. Just a mustard seed is all right. Because what happened is, when you got saved, you got that deposit of faith in your heart. So you start with that. And it's okay to come to God and say, wow, I realize I don't really believe for that. But you can give me faith. Hallelujah. You can stir my Hallelujah. faith. Holy Spirit, come. Hallelujah. That's why the two interventions we had were spot on. You know, Rob says, you know, the power, the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the way to do it. And, you know, Rob saying, yeah, we've got to trust him. We've got to surrender. We've got to quiet ourselves mm. to in order to connect with him because it's about him not us ta, 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 ta. yes 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 devil come here come here i'm gonna get you well you could try that it's exhausting okay do the same in the power of the holy spirit do the same in the faith that he gives you okay right so now said all of that <laughs> so practically in the new covenant and this is really amazing because the conclusion of that old thing of righteousness and inheritance is by faith only and that's where the chapter lands really is that we are all equal in God's eyes because what happened here is we are all the seed of Abraham we are all heirs to the promise. So, and notice it's us being one in Christ Jesus that make us inherit the promise. This is a very important aspect. So there is equality to it, that we are all equal to receive this promise. And actually, if you go into a context, a church context, where there's not equality, get out of here. This is not the true gospel. Okay? Because where the spirit is, there's the unity of the Lord. There's, e there's equality. We are all called to receive that promise. Okay? And in um, chapter 3, verse 29, it says, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heir to the promise. If you belong to Christ, that's the criteria. You belong to Christ. You are heir of the promise. Okay. Now, it's really important because, you know, we were talking a little, uh, a little time ago about sometimes uh, strongholds that have come into the Western culture, right? You know, it's not that we are all the seeds of Abraham individually. It's not that we are all the seeds individually of Abraham. It's very important. Uh, it's not that the promise went from Abraham and jumped to you. Oh, look, remarkable Rachel, the seeds, or the seed of Abraham. Oh, remarkable Rob and Joe, and you know, I could do all of our names. We are the seeds, we are now. No, it says Christ is the seed singular of Abraham, and we belong to Christ. We belong to Christ. So we are the seed of Abraham. Only when we are in Christ, there's something about all together in Christ, the seed of Abraham. We are all together as of the promise. I'm not saying there's no promises of your life. Of course, there is individual promises on your life, but only because you belong to Christ. Okay, And I would actually argue that the, 
the, the working out of the promises on your life needs to be in unity with the body of Christ. Okay? So, uh, it goes on and say, due to what? There's neither Jew or Gentile. Neither Jew or Gentile. So, basically, it doesn't matter where you come from. If you are a third generation Christian, because I heard that sometimes in still corner say, oh, you're doing well because you are a third generation Christian. You, you're going to go further. Have you ever heard this malarkey? I mean, it doesn't matter if you are um, saved two minutes, saved two minutes, or the third generation, uh, generation Christian, okay? Uh, it, it's not your merit, it's not your genealogy. All of that does not matter. It's hyper-spirituality stuff. It's never been in the gospel, okay? So it doesn't matter your, your, your race and your, your family genealogy or tree, no. All in Christ. Amen. All in Christ. You are as much powerful as me in Christ Jesus. Okay? So, neither slave or free. So, let's transport that. So, it doesn't matter if you are Oxford educated or if you come to from the royal family, right? Um, or if you have worked as a laborer all your life. Or if you a uh, housewife. Or if you own a business, or you are currently unemployed, or if you are on millions, or if you are poor, like materially poor, Jesus' blessing and the kingdom promises and inheritance is for you. Amen. It really doesn't matter if you go into a church where the rich and the educated are honored more. Then I would ask, I would say that the working out of the gospel has not been fully done in this church. Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong, we're all on a trajectory, right? Yes. We all have progress to do. Yes. Okay? Uh, you know, uh, you know, in a church, we need to, to be aware of racial issues, and we need to know how we, we work together, and how we're going to give as much opportunity to everyone, and honor everyone the same. And we're learning, right? And we need to learn. Right. So, neither, oh, oh, big one, Neither male and female, okay? So the promise is above gender, okay? Actually, there's a entire book on that, but the Holy Spirit distributes his gift how he pleases. And ultimately, we could do a whole bunch on that, but ultimately, remember the promises is about son and daughters. Sons and daughters that are rising up, it was prophesied in Joel, the sons and daughters are rising up to bring the kingdom on earth. So, no male and female. I would argue that everything else is not the gospel. Okay? So the entire chapter is confirming to us that what matters, there's only one thing that matters, is faith in Jesus Christ by the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And through faith, we are all heirs of the promises of the kingdom of God. Amen. The promises of peace, joy, righteousness in the Holy Spirit. Through faith, we are all called to a radical living that does away, completely away, with hierarchy, marriage, patriarchy, all the he, 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 he. <laughs> okay? We focus on the grace we have of Jesus 
They think about the Trinity, you know, the harmony, the unity of the Trinity, the intersmission. That, oh no, I want to glorify Jesus, but I'm glorifying the Father. Oh, but the Holy Spirit, I'm leaning, yeah, think about the Trinity, uh, the Trinity works. So if we want to take a New Year resolution, right? Take a foundational New Year resolution. And I think there's only one who could be foundational is to say, Holy Spirit, Mm. would you do a deep work in my heart Mm. that caused me to believe the whole gospel Mm. of Jesus Christ? Holy Spirit, come in my heart so I would believe the whole gospel of Jesus Christ. The whole gospel. The whole gospel. But come in my heart so I will be in unity as well with my brothers and sister in that. Listen, we could stand there and we could start to say, pray for better house, better job, Mm -hmm. bread for eating, better all of that. This is not wrong, but we need to remember Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be given to you. Hallelujah. Seek first the kingdom. It's like the, the you know, the, the prayer Jesus taught us to do. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Yes, give us every day. He can pray for that. But he will do it. He will do it. He will do it beyond what we can ask and imagine. So actually, our job, our job is not like to always have this petition, give me, give me, give me, give me. No, your job is to say, hallowed be your name. Give me faith. Because he is perfectly able to give you above what you can ask, what you can imagine through the power of his Holy Spirit. So let's finish by praying for Holy Spirit. Father, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I pray for faith in our heart this morning. Faith, I pray for gifts of faith that will be given to us. Faith to believe in God's power to save and transform our lives and people's lives around us. Faith to believe in God's power to save and transform our lives and people's lives around us. Faith to believe that his kingdom is at hand and that his promises are true. Faith to believe that kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That even in the midst of the storm, we can steal our righteousness, Amen. peace, and joy because it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Whoa, faith that will give us motivation to live healthier life with better relationship in unity 
you know, in our families, in, we are brothers and sisters. Faith that Holy Spirit is our wisdom, that it will guide us, that his will is precious, is perfect, that his plan will be perfect for our lives. Faith that with one word from you, Jesus, you can do the impossible. One word from you, Jesus, can bring solution to the impossible. We surrender, we surrender to your will, Lord. We surrender to you, Jesus. Amen. You are so, so good to us. Whoa. good, you are good, and you are good. You are good, and you are good, and you are good. Shura Pray for this church, Jesus, that we will not be in the situation of a boiling pot, but we will believe the true gospel of Jesus Christ. That we will know how to treat people with honor and dignity, that we will walk in unity, that we will believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we will be convinced that it is by the power of the Spirit that all things are done and that we get transformed and Jesus we pray for an activation an acceleration of the power of the Holy Spirit among us Hallelujah. Lord Jesus Amen. and all the people say Amen, Amen.